0: Episode 15 Sick Kids What Do I Do? Welcome to the Thriving Fatherhood Podcast, where we are living and working in the trenches to go from surviving to thriving in this mission field called fatherhood. My name is Brian Knight. I am a father of three, and my newest edition is just six weeks old. Uh, Wesley James. So, just when I think things are settling down for my wife and I, and my wife is getting her sanity back, we uh, will have something else happen. What am I talking about today? I am talking about kids getting sick. I am a registered nurse by training, and I'm still learning the ins and outs of caring for sick children. I mean, it's a like a constant learning process. Uh, you know, once you master one illness, another one comes along and it's different. Um, so my three-year-old daughter, Katie, went to the uh, like urgent care yesterday and was found to have strep throat. She's really struggling right now, and Bethany is at her wit's end with illness uh, illnesses affecting the the kids. Uh, we are pretty sure. She got it from another sick kid at church since uh, she's been out of school for spring break for quite a while. This is why you do not bring your sick kid to interact with other kids. More about this later. There are some uh, bullet points I want to share with you today about kids getting sick and what to do about it. This is not an all-encompassing list, but it was what I came up with. Um, as I pondered this topic, first, kids need rest. Why do I mention rest? You know, and I think this, you know, may seem like common sense, but it's not always common practice. Because helping kids get quality sleep is one of the best ways to keep them from getting sick, and if they are already sick, helping them to get over their illness as quickly as possible. In episode 11, I go into more detail on helping your kids sleep. So, make sure you go back and listen to that episode. If possible, you want to put your small children to bed before 8 p.m. and then allow them to sleep until they wake up. Usually 10 to 12 hours, especially when they're when they're sick and ill and you know all this stuff is going on. So depending on how they slept the night before or when they woke up, you will want to take them for a walk in the stroller around 12 or 1 p.m. Not too early because you will have difficulty getting them to fall asleep and not too late because it will be challenged and challenging to get them to fall asleep at a decent time in the evening. You can usually tell they are ready for a nap when they have what my wife calls the glassy-eyed look. When my kids are sick, I am very intentional about their rest and prioritize that by providing a cool, dark room, no screens two hours before bed, and no pets in their rooms. No screens, no iPads, laptops, TV, phones, anything like that. Also, you can use a fan for that white noise and to drown out noises that might scare them in the middle of the night. Everything should be geared towards maximum rest for their bodies to recover. Next, I want to talk about being out of school. I have had to modify my stance on this one uh, since having kids because I do not want my kids missing school unless they are basically half dead. I'm kidding. But I want them to be really sick for them to miss school. My wife has had to help me to understand that it is not about my kids only, but it is about the other kids who may come in contact with my kid and may get sick themselves, or my kid will be spreading to the other kids. May sound like common sense to you guys, but this one took a little longer for me to understand. If your kid is absent from school, you may need it. Also, you may need a doctor's note if your kid is absent. Also, Bethany mentioned that if she sends them to school with a slight illness or they are already sick, it seems to extend the time it takes them to recover. Recently, one of my kids uh, did not sleep well during the night. Well, instead of waking him up at the regular time for school, I let him sleep in and then I took him to school. He was late, but he was well-rested and ready to participate instead of going through the whole day needing a nap. I mean, have you guys been there? Have you ever woke up prematurely or didn't get sleep through the night? You just weren't... um, functioning very well throughout the day and you know we really can't give them coffee at five years old which is what we're using to get through the day so they're trying to get through the day without any of those types of crutches so if you know he uh you know was up for two hours during the night or is ill and needs that extra sleep and you know you go in there to wake him up at the regular time for school and they're just like out. Um, but you did your best. You got them to bed early, but it just still, they need more rest. Just let them sleep. And then when they wake up, um, you kind of take a look at them, see how they're doing, you know, give them a little something to eat. And if they look like they have energy and spunk and they're smiling and stuff, I send them to school. And if they're late, That's the way it is, but at least they will be able to participate and be fully functioning. I try not to do this, but it's better than having them missing the whole day and going through the day, not absorbing anything because, uh, like my son, he was too tired. Interacting with siblings. My son and daughter have had all kinds of stuff. They've had hand, foot, mouth, strep, throat ear infections, you name it. Although overall, they are pretty healthy kids most of the time. We have just had a rough season lately. I believe when it comes to their siblings, um, having them in separate rooms is an advantage when they are sick. For one, they do not expose the other siblings as often. And then if they wake up screaming in the middle of the night, my daughter will commonly do that, my son not so much, Although he has like a sensory processing, so he's a little more like that than maybe other kids, maybe. So, what I'm saying is that they wake up screaming in the middle of the night, they do not wake their sister or brother. Make sure you have lots of hand sanitizer for the kids and yourself. We use a company called Deep Steep, and it's a local company on John's Island. Um, they seem to be out of the hand sanitizer recently, but you know, you want to get a healthy hand sanitizer, not all like a Purell. I guess it's better than nothing, but it has things in there that aren't the best because you know, what gets on your skin gets in you. Uh, we talk about that later. So teach your children to wash their hands and as best you can not put toys in their mouth. Our current home, the older kids share a room, but in our new home, the girls and boys will be separated in different rooms. Yeah, we're closing on that next Friday. So my next podcast, I'm intending to walk through the new home buying process so that you fathers can get some uh, good info and uh, tips on that when when you cross that bridge. Um, this will be my, uh, like my third home or almost third or fourth home that I bought. So I have some different insights to share with you guys about that. Next, I want to talk about food and nutrition. I think we all can understand that what goes in your body affects it, how it feels and runs. I mean, you would not put bad gasoline in your car, would you? So... If you're feeding your child a bunch of processed junk food and sweets, I hope you can identify what that would be, they will not get over their illness as fast as if you were eating a quality diet. So what is a quality diet in my opinion? And we're going to be doing a whole podcast on this, a couple podcasts. So I was planning to do a deep dive podcast on food and nutrition this episode, but since uh, my week has been about sick kids, I decided to do this topic instead. When it comes to food and nutrition, you want to use real food. To keep it really simple, any unprocessed meat, fruits, honey. Now, not honey below two years. Um, you know, if you look into that, they uh, there's something uh, like an uh, bacteria that's missing in the gut of children below two. Um, I'm not sure on the specifics of that, but that's generally the conventional knowledge is they or wisdom. They don't want kids below two consuming honey. Uh, make sure that's not in your medicines as well. Um, so you can use maple syrup for a sweetener. That's also a useful thing to do. Don't worry about trying to feed your kids vegetables. They do not improve your health. More on this in another podcast. So don't sit there and struggle to feed your kids broccoli, kale, or whatever. It's it's not worth it. We'll talk about that more later. Minimize sweets and grains, especially when your kid is ill. Dairy is okay if it is organic, full fat, And has no added sugar. Stay tuned for at least two full podcast episodes on food and nutrition for thriving fathers. Which is basically the same for your kids. Yes. Basically, you know, our bodies are the same. So, you know, what adults eat and what hurts adults is going to hurt your kids. Taking medications. Even being trained as a nurse, I am not a big fan of giving my kids medicine. But at a certain point, you have to give in to the antibiotics. If they have a full-blown ear infection, then you probably better start the antibiotics. But you do not want to give them for every ill. You know, and just a side note, um, you know, if they got a full-blown ear infection or they're ill and stuff, you, you want them on the road to recovery. And, uh, because I want my kids going to school. Um, but you know, the antibiotics and the medications, they carry risk. I know I talk about this more in the podcast, so I'll wait for that. Antibiotics and medications, they can play havoc on your kid's gut microbiome and cause many other problems. I will not go into here. My kids have had to take amoxicillin, seftaner, which can be pretty rough with loose bowels for them. After completing a course of antibiotics, you want to repopulate their gut by giving some probiotics through supplementation or you can have foods. Just a side note, medications have risk and they have dyes and ingredients that are the not the best for your little ones. So along with the good comes the bad. All medications carry risk. So do vaccines. Make sure you are doing your homework and not just passively leaving your child's health to your practitioner, doctor, provider. They may be something that comes, that may be something that comes back to bite you and your child. So I don't want that for you guys. Take an active role when your provider offers a medication or an intervention, make sure that you look it up and that you are on top of these things and not just dependent on them to tell you the risk or the side effects. What to do when sick kids wake up in the middle of the night? Well, just comfort them. Try not to wake the other kids or your spouse. If they have fevers, I will give them Tylenol. If they have are having ear pain, I will give them ibuprofen. Usually, children's liquid works best for my kids. You kind of want the children's stuff because it usually has less dyes and harsh ingredients and stuff like that. And then it costs more. <laughs> um I take them off this stuff when I feel they are well enough. I minimize medicine, but sometimes it is just needed. Um, you know, just for your child's comfort, so you can get some sleep. Because if the, you know, if the child is awake and you're awake, that's not healthy either. So um, kids are going to get sick no matter how much you try to prevent it or protect them, feed them great food, um, whatever you do. Honestly, it might even be a good thing because they are getting exposed to illness, causing them to build their immune system up. This way, when they reach adulthood, they will have fully intact immune systems ready to take on the world, and whatever is thrown at them will not get... Knocked on. They will not get knocked on their backs every time a little common cold comes along. Last but not least, support your partner. I will admit, Bethany, my wife, does most of the sick kid calls in the middle of the night since she stays at home and in, I work outside the home full time. This does not mean I am hands off. Sometimes she reaches her wits in. And I need to step in to keep everybody from screaming at each other. My wife functions a lot better when she gets to sleep. So I have been taking care of the baby in the morning when I get up. If I get in the bed early before 9 p.m., I am usually up around 4.30 a.m. This is usually when the baby will need to be changed and fed. I take care of that so Bethany can sleep in. She usually goes to bed around 10 p.m. She is more of a 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. sleeper um, because usually she's getting woke up in the middle of the night by at least one kid. Also, the older three or five-year-old wake up early before 6 a.m. sometimes. I can intervene before they go in and wake up their mama because if mama bear is unhappy, ain't nobody having a good day. I have started scheduling in my calendar from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., just time with my kids. This is usually bath and getting ready for bedtime, and I am fully present during this time. I don't look at my phone or anything like that. I'm not saying that I don't have um, urgencies or um, needs to look at my phone, but I just don't. This is time with my kids. During this time, I will take care of the baby, help with dressing the kids for bed, and read books while they're getting sleepy um, in bed. Also, we take this time as a family to pray together. I'm wanting to build more family devotion time so I can teach my kids about the Bible, which is something they will not learn in the public school system. I mean, you guys all know that. So, you know, if you want them to learn about Jesus, the Bible, God, and have those core values, you got to do that at home. You can't depend on your church and you especially can't depend on the public school system to teach them those core values. You have to do that at home. So that is what I have for you today. If you feel this show has been valuable to you, I encourage you to share it with one other father who could gain some insight from it and wants more thriving in their lives. Also, if there's a topic you're interested in me talking about or have questions, please send it to Knight. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-B-R-I at gmail.com. You can also check out my website at brianjknight.com. Also, if you would be interested in working with me or having me mentor you on your journey back from surviving to thriving in fatherhood, then send me an email or reach out to me through my website and we can set up a call to see if I can help you to thrive more in your fatherhood journey. Thank you for listening. And until next week, continue thriving in fatherhood.